Hey y'all, it's Danielle, and welcome to episode 15 of Ain't No Free Lunch. Crazy, right? We are 15 episodes in. Well, this week, Tykeen and I beg for Hamilton tickets in light of Vice President-elect Mike Pence's visit to the groundbreaking Broadway show, and then venture down the truly troubling road of investigating exactly why there is and isn't a large amount of hubbub surrounding the building of the Dakota Access Pipeline. Long story longer, we stand in solidarity with the water protectors fighting for their source of life and their sacred lands. We hope you'll join us on our 48-hour action challenge and help us create solutions. All right, let's eat. And we are live. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Excuse me? Figaro, Figaro. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm warming up my vocals for, you know, <clears throat> when they call me up to Broadway. Who? Hamilton. Every, anyone. I mean... Um, I'm, I'm having a career change and I decided that it's my calling to be on Broadway as of like five minutes ago. So you're going to be like Gabrielle Union and no. Birth of a Nation no. scene, but not heard. No, I'm going to be heard. These vocals, hot fire. <laughs> I have to disagree. You, you don't know my life. You don't know my life. I'm going to get it done. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of Broadway, if there's anyone out there that would like to sponsor tickets to Hamilton, I'm available. I'm always available. So to all of those people that Tykeen keeps telling to hop into my DMs, um, they're currently open. If you have a Hamilton ticket for me, I will happily one ticket be available. Tickets for us siblings. Let's go. We're okay. going to Hamilton. If you have two, ha- if you have two Hamilton tickets. Even though I'll take it if you just have one, we would like to attend because it's like super expensive, like yeah. outrageously expensive. I really want to go though, and I've not yet listened to like the iTunes just yet because I want it to be like yeah. you know, like, yeah. I remember ah, I, I saw the I saw the uh, sixty minute special on it. I was like, wow, like this is really well done. I didn't see that, but I listen to NPR all the time. And like so many educators are doing so many amazing things using Hamilton in the classroom. So why aren't you doing it? Because one, it's not pertinent to what I'm teaching. And two. Oh, because we have SOLs? Because it's like a high level thing. Because, and because I we have, have SOLs? No, not because of SOLs. I teach civics and economics. And while Hamilton as the... You know what's what was he like in charge of the treasury? Oh, yeah, what you mean? That's you great. know, like what do you mean? You know what was he in charge of? Like the treasury? The treasury? Whatever. Anyway, he was, and we talk about economics for like a nine weeks, and we don't talk about the logistics of the treasury at all. So maybe if if I was teaching like finance, or if I were teaching twelfth grade government, I'd be able to. Anyway, we yeah. all know that uh, some people made a visit to Hamilton. Some people that. I mean, Vice I President-elect Pence went to the Hamilton Mike show. Mike Pence, yes, uh, went to the Hamilton show. Put some respect show. on his name. I keep telling you this. Anyway, Mike Pence showed up to the Hamilton show a couple nights ago, and he was met with... Booze. Some applause, mostly booze, which shouldn't be surprising given, you know he's advocated funding for gay conversion therapy and when you go and, in, and the whole religious freedom and when you go think like, like started it, it all originated in indiana under pence and the thing about it is you can't walk into a broadway musical and not expect to meet people or meet a community why can't you of he's a, he's, lgbtq he's the vice people. president it doesn't matter. He still can't expect to walk into a bastion of LGBTQ people and expect not to have people who are upset with him about his policies. It's just not going to happen. You can't walk. He, Broadway I mean, isn't what it ex- is. He can't expect to go anywhere in this country 
specifically and, and Broadway. He cannot expect to go anywhere in this country. They did not win the majority of well, votes. I know. So that. he cannot go anywhere in this country and not expect people to But I'm to talking about in terms him. of his actual policy in relation to gay conversion therapy. He could not expect what to What is walk. gay conversion therapy? Let so, the readers know. Listeners know. They Sorry. know what it is. Okay. So they're different forms. Time. They're different forms of gay conversion therapy. You have the type that as actual like psychotherapy you have shock therapy which There's is all grossly ineffective shock therapy is ineffective in anything but i mean you can't shock people out of the gay any more than you can pray away the gay. It's ex- so gay conversion therapy is extremely dangerous it's extremely troubling and you know, i'd call it just downright archaic and ignorant and mike pence advocates for it yay anyway so the i believe that donald trump tweeted as he's still always tweets about his interactions at hamilton and the thing about it was he did he expects an apology he's not going to get an apology and he shouldn't get an apology because brandon victor dixon the man whose voice that you guys are about to hear I'll let you, actually, I'll just let you listen to what he had to say first. You know, we had a, a, a guest in the audience this evening. And Vice President-elect Pence, I see you walking out, but I hope you will hear us just a few more moments. There's nothing to move here, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing to move here. We're all here sharing a story of love. We have a, we have a message for you, sir. We hope that you will hear us out. And I encourage everybody to pull out your phones and tweet and post because this message needs to be spread far and wide, okay? Vice President-elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton and American Musical. We really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us. Our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. All of us. Again, we truly thank you for sharing this show, this wonderful American story told by a diverse group of men and women of different colors, creeds, and orientations. Okay, so Brandon Victor Dixon, who is the show's Aaron Burr, who was an actual vice president of the United States, read a statement that was actually written by the creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And basically, it was super respectful. And it was super well put. And, you know, he basically says that we're the diverse America, you heard it, who are alarmed and anxious that the new administration will not protect us, the planet, our par- our children, our parents, defend any of us, or, you know, make sure that our inalienable rights are respected. Mm. And I don't see anything disrespectful about that. He was... And then he went on to say, but we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. But they're basically saying... Everyone's like, saying that what he said was un-American. So it's un-American to express your views. It's un-American to express concerns to public officials. That doesn't even make sense to me. And I felt like it was way more respectful than it needed to be. You know, Aaron, uh, excuse me, I almost called him Aaron Burr, the character he plays. Brandon Victor Dixon is openly gay, um, open about being HIV positive. And, and I don't understand why those things even matter, but... There are people on social media. Number one, they're saying that they want to boycott Hamilton. Which and, please do so and and, and give us give your, me your ticket. Give me your Absolutely. ticket. I will be there. But I don't understand why they find a need to assassinate his character. You know, this is who he is. Like there's And he's no, proud of it. Yeah, there's no point of like be. continue to highlight that the man is HIV positive or that he's homosexual. I don't think they're highlighting it. No, they definitely are on social media. He's open about it. But they're using it to attack him on social media. Have you looked at some of those hashtags? I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, you don't don't want to. It's not good for your mental health. No, we got to protect you because... What you about to say? Anyway. Exactly. Moving along. So, I just think 
The moral of this is if you have Hamilton tickets and you were so hurt, truly hurt, but why happened to Mike Pence? Please, by all means, send us your tickets. That's all we really want you to know. Because if you thought that Mike Pence deserved to walk into that space and not have the reaction that he received, I'm kind of confounded, confounded. I said confounded. <laughs> I'm kind of confounded, especially given that Barack Obama was booed, basically heckled by a member of Congress during a state of, wasn't it like a state of the union speech? Yes, it was. But y'all talking liar. About, but you're talking about a play. No, they call him a liar. It should be a safe space, as the memes have said. Ask Abraham Lincoln about how safe the theater yeah, is supposed to be. Yeah, I, I, you know, maybe he was taken aback. But you know, this is a yes. This, I just my teeth. this cast is pretty politically charged anyway. Like they've been super active. They had like voter registration drives. I think they were even trying to caravan people to the polls on election day. Um, Popping. You know, so they out here doing the work. And at the end of the day there, I appreciated what he said. Hey, now you represent us all. Like we expect you to make decisions and to do things that are in our best interest. Like all of us, our children, our children's children, our planet. So, you know what? I'm so tired of the hypocrisy because it was okay for Donald J. Trump to say, it, it was okay for him to say that he was going to grab a woman by her genitalia, right? Right. It was okay for him to say the blacks and what the hell do you have to lose? It was okay for him to smirk when Don King used a variation of the N-word. Yep. It was okay for him to mock a disabled journalist. Yep. It was okay for him to say that he's going to build a wall. Yep. But when someone stands up to him and says something in a respectful manner, they they even acknowledged him as vice president elect Pence, which is far more than you gonna get from me. <laughs> and that's a problem. <laughs> far but, more. But that's not okay. Like, I I mean I am. Maybe it's me, but I'm appalled. I'm shocked. I'm mind blown. Oh, your mind's blown. You're I'm mind, flabbergasted. Are you mind blown? Did you just say that? That's what I said. On that note, I would like encourage everyone to go to https uh, backslash backslash gop.com backslash 100 hyphen day hyphen plan. Just put it in the notes. Action hyphen survey backslash. Put it in the notes. But, hey, and listen. Listen. Go see so, the 100 day plan of action survey to, in order to help Trump make America great again. So I get to Danielle's house to record today. <laughs> and Danielle is like super excited. <laughs> what is wrong with you? She's like, oh, I'm just in here doing this survey for my president elect. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And so it's honestly one of the most trifling surveys I've the ever seen worst. in my life. And it's an official survey, guys. Yes. It's it's 100. It's like his his plan of action for the first 100 days. And he wanted to know my thoughts. Yeah, and so but I, they didn't have a comment section, so she it. couldn't really go in. I was mad. What they needed to do in order to make this survey great again is to add a comment section so I can really say what I want to say. But I went through and I let him know that beginning construction, the wall along the southern border is not important. Hashtag not important. <laughs> Hashtag drop that link. <laughs> I told him that ending all federal funding to sanctuary cities that circumvent the law in order to provide protection to illegal immigrants is not important. Hashtag not important. I basically said that Probably ninety five percent of the things she that he basically to do. said that pretty much everything that that Trump campaigned on was not important. It's to her. not important. I didn't vote for him for those reasons. 
So, but I mean, there were some things that I said were important. Introduce a plan to defeat ISIS. School choice. Um, I said that was not important. Uh, we got to talk about that. So I just feel like in Common Core and bring education supervision to local communities, absolutely not important. Are you a fan of Common Core? I am a fan of Common Core. Hmm, surprising. Virginia is not a part of Common Core, unfortunately, but whatever. So more of the story. Go take the survey. Tell Donald Trump or troll Donald Trump with your opinions, as I did. And uh, help us make America. I can't say it. I couldn't even finish it. (laughs) You know, so I saw someone the other day say that Donald Trump had blocked them. I wish. And I was wondering. I need to get my A game up. I was like, I wonder if he really, like, was this person just lying on Twitter or what? Because I stand that Donald Trump's mentions, like, on a constantly. He never responds to me, though. But, like, when are they going to take his phone away from him? Like, when are they going to stop Oh, how he's having private conversations with, you know, Vladimir Putin on his private cell phone. But we were worried about emails. We were worried about emails. Yeah, so we are, we talk about emails, emails, man. What that Alan Iverson at? Man, you up here talk to me about emails? <laughs> Last week, I was driving and I listened to the Karen Hunter show. Hey, Karen. Actually, Karen, I don't know her, Miss Hunter. Still, we still love you. Karen has been a fan of Ain't No Free Lunch before it was Ain't No Free Lunch. Like she, she vibed with the vision. I, I sent her some emails like when we were just brainstorming. When we had that other name, she that responded. Was, yes, I had no idea, honestly. Yeah, she forwarded our emails along and everything. Ooh, thank you, thank you, Miss Hunter. So Karen had a guest up there on her show, Giasi, and they were discussing. The Dakota Access Pipeline. I learned a lot in that show. I was so excited when Danielle texted me. I was like, let's tackle this today. And not to minimize anything. The interactions between law enforcement and different communities around the country. Specifically like Ferguson and such. But I don't think... Like, let's talk about the protest in Ferguson or the protest in Baltimore, right? Mm. I don't think the reaction from law enforcement compares there at all to what's happening in Dakota. I don't know. I don't know if I want to compare it because I wasn't there. I do know that, like, like, like we aren't seeing this on TV. So we, so I think we are minimizing a little bit. Like, oh, it can't be that bad. It's not on. Like CNN has. Do you see them? Like they don't have no, cameras it has all the time. mainstream the, media. Don has. Lemon isn't there. Anderson Cooper isn't there. You like so these things. So some people, a lot of people in around the country, don't know that this is even existing. Right. While if it was a officer killing a black man, like it would be nonstop, and they'd be talking about the protesters and everything. But here, like they are. They're shooting them with water cannons and it's below freezing. Right. It's, it's, you know, they're, you know, rubber bullets. Like, like, let's not minimize rubber bullets. Like, those things hurt. You ever been shot with a rubber bullet? Uh, does paintball count? No. Nah, this is worse than paintball. That's, paintball is enough for me. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything they're doing and like, that happened like Ferguson and... Baltimore, they're doing it there. And let's talk about the history of the project, man. Let's talk about the reaction. Yeah, so the Dakota Access Pipeline, I had to do a little bit of research into this because, like I said, like outside, if it weren't for Twitter, I don't think that I would know that this thing Hashtag was no D-A-P-L. I've been saying in my head, no DAPL. <laughs> Every time I She's read so that corny. hashtag. She's so corny. I read hashtag no daple. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but it's hashtag no DAPL. But the Dakota Access Pipeline is 1,172 mile long underground oil pipeline like project that's going to happen in the United States. And so, like so, I said, it, I had to research it because Twitter, without Twitter, I wouldn't have known it existed. I think we'll be doing 
an injustice to listeners if we don't point out this tidbit. President-elect Donald Trump said he wants us to be energy independent. Oh, completely energy independent. A part of his survey actually was asking about how we should invest into oil, shale, um, clean coal, which by the way, there is no such thing that's as a, clean coal. That's an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. But a, what a lot of people don't know, and we're going to get into Donald Trump's involvement a little bit later, he kind of has some stake in, in this thing going through. So, oh, so you saying this is like Halliburton all over again? It's a mess. Oh, okay. All right. Well, keep, keep telling us about this proposed pipeline. Okay. So it's basically being planned by the Dakota Access LLC. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I don't know if that's like... Okay. Yes. My bad. Anyway, it's underneath of energy transfer energy this like company called energy transfers and it's basically gonna basically gonna start in these oil fields in northwest north dakota and then would travel southeast through south dakota iowa and then in near this tank in illinois and spokespersons have said that the pipeline is basically needed because we need it to create more safety to the public. It helps the U.S. attain energy independence, and it's an incredibly reliable or just safe method of transport to refineries than by like by train. And so the whole purpose of the pipeline is that it's going to carry oil between, you know, northwest North, North Dakota and Illinois. And a lot of people are saying that it's going to free up all these railroads so that we can have farmers be able to ship more, I guess, things from the Midwest, specifically things like grain and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically you're saying that this project is an underground oil project that would travel through three states. Right. And supporters of this project are saying that it's imperative because it will free up rails and will it be faster? Yeah, it'll free up rails and it'll just make it a more reliable method of getting oil from one place to another. However, so opponents, opponents like they're the ones that are using that, that no hashtag DAPL. for the, for the no daple. I'm, I'm starting that. I'm coining that. Sheesh. <laughs> It's largely been started basically by the youth of Standing Rock Indian Reservation. Um, and they have an organization that's called Respect. And the respect is with a Z, our water, which I think is really important to note that the respect is spelled with a, with a Z because that makes the first three letters spell out the word res, which is a nickname for reservations that natives have been forced to live on. And so it began around... This, their their protests and honestly they identify themselves as water protectors and so I'm going to refer to them as water protectors for the rest of it because I feel like sometimes protests in this day and age has really had become like a negative connotation so the protectors they basically started their resistance in the spring of 2016 because they were upset about the proposed construction and they basically say that they have this resistance and they want to protect their water because there there was very little consultation with the Native American tribes that the area surrounds that where the pipeline would be going through, specifically the Standing Rock Sioux. Yeah, and from my understanding, they aren't necessarily completely opposed to the pipeline, but they are completely opposed to its the placement. location. Yeah, right. Because from my understanding, there was alternate routes well that's what they say that is being and, investigated and those routes were um predominantly caucasian communities naturally and <laughs> they decide to be, can't bother the white people to move it closer to the indian reservations i mean but if you look at historically like where do they put highways what do they put highways through what do they always rearrange like minority communities are always being uprooted it's i mean i don't know why anyone would be surprised by that yeah i you know the american indians have all ever since settlers landed in jamestown we have nightmares for the American Indians in one way or another. Oh, yeah. I mean, since you, you before know, Jamestown. You know, state-sponsored violence. Colonialism has was here long before Jamestown, and we have never once 
done them right. Yeah, you know, I was looking at a documentary. I hate saying we, um, they a few years ago right. about a tribe in New York, and this tribe. You know how like when you look at cars. Every company has like a specific color that you know it only comes from that speci- that one company. Like Ford has like that like purplish color. I have no idea. Yeah, well, every company has like its own distinct colors, one way or another. And this tribe, they have uh, chips of paint from Ford. There was a Ford Corporation close to them. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally paint feet down hundreds of feet down and they say there's effect in their water supply and so all of like pretty much like there's a ridiculous amount of people on this reservation that have cancer and they saying hey they put it's because this lead was in the paint and now it's in our water supply oh i know worse examples like the dna nation also uh, also known as like the Navajo Nation, they refer to themselves as the DNA Nation. They have arsenic in their water, like yeah. levels, tested levels of arsenic, which has been brought to the attention of the EPA and all other types of organizations. And they still have levels of arsenic is in their water. How did it get there? Honestly, I don't know. And I would have to send out some emails to ask. I think I've said it before. I spent my entire summer, well, not my entire summer, but I spent a large chunk of my summer working at Yale University with Professor Ned Blackhawk, who is one of the... Is he a listener yet? No. Send him this episode. I will send him this episode. Uh, he is one of the preeminent voices on American contemporary American Indian history, and I learned so much while I was there. So, so much. And then actually while I was there, I had the opportunity. My roommate was from the Dine Nation. And just sitting and listening to her talk about her experiences and like what is going on in the native community will literally blow your minds. Like, like state sponsored violence against American Indians is and always has been at an all time high. Most people don't even know that native Americans, even though they make only 0.8% of our population, they are more likely to be killed by police than any other ethnic group in the United States. When you Say that one more data. time. Say that one more time. I mean, they're more likely to be killed by police than any other ethnic group in the United States when you put it versus their population. I mean, Native American women are twice as likely to be victims of sexual assault as women in any other race. Yeah, and um, Giassi was actually talking about that a little bit the other day. And he and he went back to the uh, Oliphant decision. Mm-hmm. Very important decision. Yeah, which essentially was decision rule uh, by the United States Supreme Court. I think it was six to two with Thurgood Marshall, and at the time the Chief Justice I think was Berger, and someone abstained. Rule that tribal courts do not have criminal jurisdiction over non-Indians, which is, which like opened the door to a whole slew of horrible things like you can they can't tribal courts can't try non-natives right which i think something that i would definitely recommend which is something that professor blackhawk introduced to me was it's called a play called a sliver of a full moon and it's kind of like a play reading and discussion and it was put on by i think the radcliffe institute for advanced study by harvard university and it's a very makeshift play. Like they're reading their lines out of books in front of it. But so if you can have that suspension of disbelief past that and, you know, multiple people play this different characters, it's a phenomenal reenactment of our uh, congressional reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act that passed, I believe, in 2013 basically which restored the authority finally in 2013 of tribal governments to prosecute non-native abusers if they sexually assaulted native uh, native women on tribal lands yeah nergasm i uh i read a book recently um called the roundhouse i have all the books um and that book was really by louise erdrick I think. Have you read it? Edric. I did not read the entire thing, but when I was there at Yale, I we read various passages, which was super interesting. And I think she's written a lot yeah, of native she has. literature. 
in general. Yeah, she has. I, it's a very depressing, yeah, depressing book. It's an interesting perspective. But as a result of the Oliphant decision, non-tribal drug dealers and meth producers are more likely to operate on Indian reservations. Yeah, they can't where be they believe law enforcement is less comprehensive and not directed to non-Indians. Um, because, from my understanding, while tribal leaders cannot prosecute non-natives um, on reservations like i don't think maybe the state police but i don't think like any local law enforcement agencies have any jurisdiction on um reservations either do they They do i mean if you're state police they're still under because like i, I, I so, said i said with state police but like i don't think if we had a reservation in Richmond, I don't think Richmond City Police. I, I guess it probably depends on each location, but in some locations, like the local police departments, have no jurisdiction there. So it's kind of like you are in this, like, so if you're selling meth, if you have a meth lab on this reservation, the local police can't come get you, and the tribal police they can't do anything to you. So it's just kind of like you operating in a safe zone. But that's the the thing is you're not operating in a safe zone because you have jurisdiction if permission is granted, if you seek out permission, just like the same way that American police can pursue someone into Mexico if given permission by the Mexican government. Oh, so you saying so like it how, operates in the how same. like university police can pursue people off campus yeah if you're given permission uh, you just have to receive permission and the thing about it is there's just there's so many loopholes and there's so many things that and ways that we've mistreated native people in the united states that this that this is happening is kind of it, it's not even kind of out of control it's super out of control on reservations women are 10 times more likely to be murdered than other uh, americans you know, forty percent of Native Americans who die from suicide are between the ages of fifteen and twenty-four. Super young, like we're we're losing these people at such a young age because you have all of these effects of loss of self-identity, colonialism, l dilapidated self-worth. Like it is a stressful, stressful, stressful place to be in. And like my research on Andrew Jackson. Oh, so that's how we got here. What do you mean? I mean, I mean, <laughs> is that how we got here? Because according to Dr. Ben Carson, you know, Jackson was. Who? Can we just pause about how he, I heard that he turned down a position in the Trump, like the Trump camp because of lack of experience. But bro, you could run for president. I'm confused. But he endorsed the man with no experience. Oh, yeah. I'm conf I'm confused. Anyway, Andrew Jackson, what were you saying about Ben Carson? Yeah, didn't he say, like, Jackson was the last president that balanced the budget, and that's why he needed yeah, to be on the $20 bill? Yeah, he balanced bill. the budget through stolen land. And then what happened? What do you mean, what happened? After he balanced the budget. I don't, I don't know. Didn't we have the panic? Oh, yeah, we did. Ouch. Anyway, like Andrew Jackson was just like a completely terrible person. Okay. The Indian Removal Act, not only does he completely trounce the Supreme Court and say who the Supreme Court told him what you are doing to American Indians is wrong. And he said, cool, I'm going to do it anyway. 10,000 plus American Indians died en route to lands west of the Mississippi. Totally, completely uprooted moved like when he removed the choctaw nation choctaw nation in 1831 hold, hold on, on. 46,000 american indians were actually moved look I, i'm i'm gonna say this about about president andrew jackson and um he forced 46,000 I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say to what i gotta walk say. from mississippi oh. to oklahoma yeah I, i'm gonna go ahead and say what i have to say because of the atrocities committed by Andrew Jackson against the American Indian population. I believe we should treat him in the same manner that we treat Adolf Hitler. Yeah. But, you know, he balanced the budget, though. And he's on our money. We can't even remove him. We got Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman has to share the $20 bill with a man who not only obliterated 
entire generation of American Indians, but owned like what? Almost 200 slaves at the Hamilton. Was it the, ha- what was it? The heritage, the hermitage. What was the name of his plantation? Uh, I think it's the heritage. The hermitage. It's the hermitage. Okay. His 1000 plus acre plantation. But she got to share the $20 bill. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Well, let's talk about briefly about how he even negotiated some of these things, um, some of these treaties. He didn't negotiate them. He lied and stole and like thieved. If you would like more information about it, hit me up because it's all about, I, I write all about it in, in my Yale uh my Yale curriculum called the constitutional crisis of Indian removal. So are you saying that Andrew Jackson was a dictator? Andrew Jackson. Yeah. He completely trounced on checks and balances. Hmm. Chief justice, John Marshall told him what he was doing was wrong. And he said, well, reportedly this is what he said. There's no actual proof, but it's been quoted tons of times that he said, Marshall has basically stated the law. Now let us see him defend it. I'm going to say something to you that might piss you off a little bit. Might. But. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> might. That lets me know definitely. Andrew Jackson said that he uh, adopted two American Indian boys. Look, time out. Time out. He could have adopted two little Indian boys. That's fine. Weren't we in the middle midst of like assimilation where people were picking up American Indian children, stealing them from their parents, forcing them to cut their hair, putting them in boarding schools, making them completely renounce their own personal ways, obliterating any knowledge that they have of their own of their own language, and then putting them back on reservations to go teach other people the white man's ways. Don't get me started. So basically... That's just like saying, oh, Andrew Jackson had black friends. Oh, really? Or, or that's like saying, I'm not racist. I had a black girlfriend in high school. Yeah, basically. Just because he, ado- he adopted them and assimilated them. Like, he completely destroyed any concept of their... <clears throat> he can adopt two Indian boys all he wants to. Doesn't You can adopt black children. No, you're still racist. You're still a problem. Your girlfriend from the sixth grade, she doesn't like you. You're a racist. So... Giassi had said last week that President Obama was the most respectful president ever to American Indians, but President Obama has been pretty uh, inactive when it comes to anything um, in reference to protecting them. Like, say he's been quiet. And and so I think Karen Hunter said something like, "Mm, you too? Karen Hunter is a black woman, by the way. But I, he said that, you know, Obama has at least been having meetings with chiefs of a number of these different tribes. And he has like an annual meeting and say he comes and he listens. But said they haven't seen him do much afterward. But that says a lot for the relationships between the 43 prior presidents. That's because the bar has been set so low that just being listened to is seen as an improvement. Like, I, I would really encourage Nergasm. I would really encourage everyone to read Like a Hurricane. It's like, I think it's like the hurricane, the Indian movement from Alcatraz to Wounded Knee. And it's by Paul Chat Smith. It was published in 1996. So it's, what, 20 years old. And it talks Sheesh. about the Alcatraz. It's like most people don't even know about this, but like, the American Indians and how they took Alcatraz in the 70s. And it talks about like their relationship with presidents. And I think a lot of it, like the president and the White House and trying to get their initiative, uh, get what they wanted, what they deserved, honestly. And it is really, really insightful because I think a lot of people look at strained relationships between the native population and American government to be horrific. And it like stops in like the 1800s and it's, it doesn't, we have continued to completely subjugate and mistreat these living, breathing, incredibly like culture rich people and relegate them to like museum relics and act like, Oh, all the issues that we have, ah, no big deal. Or, or, or the more interesting thing is like if 
one thing that I've noticed, so let's talk about the Washington football team, right? Right. The owner, Dan Snyder, remember he got like a small number of American Indians to say that they were okay with their surname. Yeah, I'm sure there are a small number of Africans african-americans who don't mind being called the blacks and really and truly believe that our inner cities are living hell yeah i'm sure you can find somebody and and so either even with this pipeline project there have been a very very small number of american indians and you know some people even questioning their authenticity their affiliations uh their motives that said oh it's really not an issue like pipes are safe um, it's the water source is ten miles away. Even though the EPA but it's and everyone downstream. else, downstream, everyone has disagreed with the owner of this project. But so while the protests have drawn, um, or the what was the term that you called? They them? prefer to be referred to as water protectors. While the water protectors have drawn national attention, sorry, international international attention. I've been said to be reshaping the national conversation for any environmental project across the, any native land. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it on our national media. Not at all. Like I've said it multiple times. If it weren't for Twitter, I wouldn't know that this was a thing at all. Like this was an issue that they have the potential of putting. And it's not just they're not just worried about a leak through the pipeline that would go down into their main water source, which is not far away from, I think it's like only 10 miles away. 10 miles. And, and not it's to mention like, in, in North Dakota, I think that this will only create like 50 jobs. So don't even come with the whole, this is, um, but it's 50 jobs that they're going to have. And then they're going to take with them once the pipeline has been put down. But then, no, past- no, 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 this is after the pipeline oh. is put down, but either way, the, the other thing is, like, this is going through sacred lands that they have. That place, these are sites, uh, like, it's purportedly, like, sites of tombs and where people have been buried. So it's not just, like, water. It's, like, the excavation of, like, something that is sacred to people. Think about how, like, you felt, would feel, or anyone would feel if somebody were just like, yeah, I'm just going to dig up this land where your family's buried. Yeah. Lay down some oil pipes that might break. Honestly, we don't know because that's a, pretty much what the the EPA, the not the EPA, the I think the CEO of the company said was he was like, well, no one would get on an airplane if they thought every airplane would crash. I can't promise that it won't break, but I'm pretty sure that they're new, you know, new pipes. So we'll be good to go. Side note: I just got a message to say Kanye West is in a mental hospital. Are you serious? Yeah. Let me check Twitter. But. Let's get back to this first. Okay. But it did get a little bit like while I haven't seen it on my um any of my uh networks. Apparently this did when I went back and researched some articles, it did get a little bit of national media attention or mainstream media attention. Uh suppose in September Construction workers bulldozed a section of land that tribal historic preservation offices had just documented as a historic sacred site. Yeah, exactly what I was just saying. When protesters or water protectors entered the area, security workers used attack dogs. Like actual attack dogs. Like Jim Crow German Shepherd dogs. No, but for real. Which bit at least five of the water protectors. And that's where we start getting actual attention to this issue. The incident was filmed by Democracy Now! and viewed by several million people on YouTube and other social media. So then in late October, right before the election, armed soldiers. So, of course, we were talking about emails at this time. Of course, because that's more important than people's actual lives. Armed soldiers and police with riot gear and military equipment cleared an encampment that was directly in the proposed pipelines path. So trying to think of the, you know what? Forget the nice way of saying this. (laughs) If you are really for the people, and I, I'm going to talk about all of the presidential candidates, why didn't any of them go there? Well, that's that was one of the things that uh, people were specifically Native Americans were protesting, like Native peoples were protesting. They were saying that there was very little to no attention that was paid to this. And, you know, more recently, Bernie Sanders has come out and said Obama needs to take a strong stance on this. But, like, where where was this discussion when you were running, sir? Right. And, I mean, they've recently, like, way stepped up 
their tactics against these people. Um, I think as recently as this past Sunday, you know, late no- November, there were reports uh, where people were tweeting and they were talking about how water protectors were trapped on a bridge and were being attacked through, get this, mace, rubber bullets, pepper spray, but also being sprayed by water cannons in 23 degree weather. Yeah. What, with no place for them to go. They can't get off the bridge. And even when they get off the bridge, they have these camps set up, but you can't effectively rewarm yourself after so, you've so, been, so they are trapping them and attacking like them. that's that's like a that's a possibly lethal thing you can kill someone if you spray them down with water hypothermia in 23 degree weather and have no place for them to go to rewarm themselves but, but that's da- not only it's like the impact of water canyons you could can just die from the cold alone yeah so i really really want to draw a picture here or paint a picture here for our listeners so We've all seen Jim Crow South. Absolutely. Right. But most of those incidents occurred in the South, which they were Mm -hmm. closer to the equator. And the majority of them happened during warm weather months. Usually, I mean, that's what they planned for those. Right. Because it would just seem to, it was. Logistically. Logistically, it it made more sense to offer resistance. But if they were to stop their resistance right now, like there's, I think they have a timeline of like starting this pipeline January 1st, 2017. Yeah. They can't stop. Like they can't wait for They can't. but, But what I'm saying is like, we've seen the horrific things with Bull Connor and those German shepherds and those, you know, those water hoses, but it's 2016 water cannons, rubber bullets, maize, and they're trapping them on the bridge. Like, like they're waiting for them to come and then they're attacking them. I am, I'm troubled by this. Right. And, and the thing about it is they, the police in the area said that the reason why they were spraying water cannons is because they were attempting to put out fires that the pro the the water protectors had set themselves. And the water protectors are saying, no, when you put, because you know it's very dry up there right now. Right. When you throw some of the things that you've been dr- throwing at us, like these gas canisters and things like that, they're actually igniting on the dry grass and you're setting the fires it's just on our side so it assume you assume that we're the ones that are setting it but it's not from the videos that i saw i didn't see any fire i just saw them shooting water cannons at people and to me that's but but honestly if the people now i'm not trying to justify anything but if i'm getting shot and it's freezing cold i'm getting shot with water like i might start a fire i might start a fire try to warm back up given that the Environmental Protection Agency itself has gone back in and asked the U.S. Cor- Army Corps of Engineers to see what the impact on the environment is going to be, like assess it and see exactly what's going to go on, you know, based on their understanding of like the project setting and if they need to move it or what have you. Either way, the... There have been a lot of expressed concerns about the pipeline's proximity to the tribe's water source. And basically, there's been a statement that's been issued. Basically, they said that the spill could impact the waters that the tribe and the individual tribal members rely on for water and drinking purposes and all sorts of other purposes. And there's been a serious concern, so much so that we know i think obama reportedly issued a stay on the construction of it back in september and as recently as november 1st he's announced that his administration is going to mon- has has been monitoring the movement is in contact with like the army corps and they're trying to see if there's a possible way to reroute reroute the pipeline to avoid these lands and he says and i quote we are monitoring this closely. I think as a general rule, my view is that there is a way for us to accommodate sacred lands of Native Americans. Now, if he actually no, makes it happen. No, that's weak. No, 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 no. I'm tired of letting Obama off the hook. Who's letting Obama off the hook? No, 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 no. We aren't just going to gloss over this and say, oh, it's my general view. I just quoted what the man said. No, man. Obama, like, I just wish he would go out with a bang. He's not going to. Like I, I just wish that you can wish th- th- that guys. someone could 
that dream that they had does not have to be deferred for another four years. Like we've already waited eight years. Like in your last 30 days, give the people something. Didn't you hear that Paul Ryan said that he had issued something that I was like, uh, they had issued some sort of bill to prevent him from enacting what he want. Any like motions in the last days of his presidency. He signed executive orders for everything else. He said, I think as a general rule, my view is that there is a way for us to accommodate the sacred lands of American Indians. Let's see if he does it. And if he doesn't, then shame on you, President Barack Obama. I already tweeted, I tweeted this like weeks ago. I said that if he, if President Barack Obama does nothing to assist people who are fighting for these lands in Dakota Access Pipeline, I will never be able to look at him in the same way. How do you look at him now? You know what? Let in a few weeks, let's evaluate his presidency. We should. We definitely should. But because he's been weak on a lot of things that are important to me. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has. I'm I'm not arguing that he's a perfect president, but I think that there's along with my concerns, I still have a level of admiration for him and his place as our president. You know, that's part of the reason why we're in. You know, okay. Exactly. Y'all, so, you keep them admiring. I have a I'm level a hold people of admiration. You can admire someone and not hold so and hold them accountable. Don't act like those two things are mutually exclusive. Exclusive. Don't hop on your high horse because there are a whole lot of things that I like to say on this podcast where you be telling me to temps simmer it down. So don't do it. Back to what we were talking about on November fourteenth, the Army Corps uh, Army Corps of Engineers said that it definitely needed more time. So that they could impact the study of the plan. I do agree. Barack Obama needs to move on this. And he needs to move on it ASAP. Because we already know what's going to happen when Donald Trump becomes president. Yeah, like. It's like a, like but, yesterday. But, but isn't Trump president like, Obama? Doesn't he have uh, an incentive? Oh, yeah. He holds stock in the company. That uh, energy transfers part, um, energy transfer that is funding or will directly profit is pushing the Dakota Access Pipeline. So the CEO, Kelsey Warren, was asked on PBS NewsHour if he believed the pipeline would be authorized once Trump Trump is in, uh, in office. And CEO Warren said, I do. Yes. He has stock in this company. Stock. In this company. That's a conf- of course it's going to go through. That's a conflict of interest, he number one. I mean, his whole life Hashtag is impeach him. Hashtag, you got to go, Trump. Don't, Trump. I was saying something different earlier, but I don't think it's appropriate for our listeners. As you all know, at Ain't No Free Lunch, we are a so- solutions-oriented podcast. All and about so, it. Let's eat. Today, I, I, I'm fed up. Are you, Coop? Yeah, I mean, I I don't need to eat today. I'm already full. <laughs> so here are some solutions. And this comes from the Free Thought Project. They had a list of 10 solutions and I'd like to suggest them to you. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. But number one, call the North Dakota governor, Jack DeLimple at 701-328. Two two zero zero. That number is 701-328-2200. And when you leave a message, please be professional, but be stern. Tell them um, that you'll never visit North Dakota <laughs> if they do this. I mean, you visiting Eco, North Dakota? <laughs> ecotourism is a big part of their economy there. Though. Oh, I, I never had any intention to visit North Dakota, but maybe I will um, if things go go right. You should uh, sign the petition to the White House to stop Daple, which you can go and see. um, Just look through petitions.whitehouse.gov and figure out the rest of it. Uh, Check our show notes and we'll definitely have that up there. And we will be tweeting it as well. Uh, You can donate to support the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and we'll have a link as well. And another link that you can be on the lookout for is that you should donate items from the Sacred Stone Camp supply list. So that's where you're going to find where a lot of the water protectors are out and they're working to make sure that this Dakota access pipeline doesn't get put down and they need supplies constantly. Yes. On a constantly. Yes. Also, call the White House. 
202-456-1111. Or 202-456-1414. Tell Obama we sent you. <laughs> Ain't no free lunch. Hello. To rescind the Army Corps of Engineers permit for the Dakota Access Pipeline. Likewise, you can, a couple of other things that you can contribute to are the Sacred Stone Camp Legal Defense Fund. You can also contribute to the Sacred Stone Camp GoFundMe account, which are all going directly towards people who are protesting this, this pipeline. Call the Army Corps of Engineers and demand that they reverse the permit at 202-761-5903. And you can sign. I'm sure there are tons of petitions. Look for other petitions asking President Obama to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline. It's great to tweet about it, guys, but it's so, and, and to Facebook about it and Instagram about it. But we really need to be contacting these people who have the power to make a change. Look, marching alone doesn't change anything. Tweeting alone doesn't change anything. Blow them up, though. Blow them Stand up. Stand in their mentions. Stay also, in their call mentions. the executives of the companies that are building the pipeline. Once again, I'll be in the show notes. I'm going to do all 10 of these. Uh, okay, can we do like an ac accountability check? Yes. When are we going to have all these things done by? You have two days to do it, 48 hours. All right, 48 hours. Let's get also, it done. Also, before, this will happen for us before Thanksgiving. Absolutely. And the rest of you, we're challenging you to do these 10 things as, as soon well. As, you get, as soon as you hear this episode, I think it drops after Thanksgiving. Yeah, Monday after um, Thanksgiving. Monday after Thanksgiving. But, but. Do it as soon as you can. But, but, but. Something else that I'm going to do. Which is? I'm going to reach out to the national chapter of the NAACP. And? The national conference. And I'm going to ask them. What are they going to do about this? How are we standing in solidarity? Th these are colored people. They are. They are. They are persons of color. And I support indigenous peoples and natives. 48 hours. Get it done. If you don't do all 10, what's up? Lunch? What do you mean if I don't do all 10? I'm going to do all 10. Just like you were going to not eat sugar for 10 days. Okay. But did you make your 10 days though? Made the seven. But you didn't make 10, so don't come for me. Anyway, <laughs> second day. For real, on a serious note, y'all, this is really, really important. It is. And we can't keep ignoring things when they don't directly affect us. Like, like where's the humanity here and say, man, no, this is just wrong. Like, I don't care if, it, if this... It, for the sake of transparency, yes, I am um, descendant, close descendant, by the way. My grandmother, paternal and maternal, are natives. They got tribal membership? My maternal grandmother, yes. So, okay. I'm just saying, if they don't have tribal membership, then it don't count. So, but th this is very, very important. And we have to, like, we got to start standing up for for people that don't always look like us you know we have a lot in common with people from all walks of life and i think we are doing an injustice to us all if we don't start standing up verbalizing and mobilizing when when these things affect us and you know at the end of the day I, you know i'm gonna call out some of my republican friends because Y'all always talk about government is too big, right? Like this is another example. And what are you going to do to correct this? I'll wait. I feel like. What you feel like, girl? I feel like a lot of what you said rings true. I, I think that it is something that we should definitely take upon ourselves to work for people when sometimes it doesn't necessarily impact ourselves because if we want people to be phenomenal allies to the struggles that are important to us, we need to think about ways that we can be allies to people who are having struggles that aren't like ours. It's just really how we become like a better community in general. Here at Ain't No Free Lunch, we're all about solutions and making sure that everyone's on board with these solutions. I think it's just, it's it's important to not just say like, hashtag no day bowl or hashtag Black Lives Matter or hashtag whatever the newest hashtag is. 
we need to make sure that we're one putting act like being active taking action and then we also need to prioritize where we're spending our money put your money where your mouth is i'm not saying you can't enjoy you know i don't know where do people go mcdonald's do people go to mcdonald's still walmart i can't i can't say that you can't no i can't i am saying you shouldn't enjoy walmart i don't go to walmart yeah you know what but but our, our next episode take that money and our, put it somewhere our next episode let's put talk about let's talk is. about 13 the documentary oh i watched it yeah we should also talk about how i just heard that the founder of bt just got out of a meeting with donald trump he was just on cnn for it bob johnson yes sir oh, okay on that note <laughs> he is a republican so I i'm mean, not, whatever. not surprised whatever. on that note i want to thank you all for listening to ain't no free lunch did we eat today, Coop? I'm fed up. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening.